shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so uh, let's open back to Ephesians chapter 4 and go and visit that uh, spot. And I'll take time, I'll take questions. Amen. I'm ready, really. I'm ready to, today especially, I'm ready to really take questions today. So you can stop me, interject, ask your questions, so that understanding can come. Amen. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 4, I'll read from verse 1. Amen. And no question is out of bound. Any question at all. I'm moving for today. Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring to endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So to confirm, let's see another witness of those same kind of attributes. Those are the Christ. That is actually when they tell you to put on Christ. That's what they're telling you to become like. So let's see uh, Colossians chapter 3. Let's start from verse 9. And uh, verse 8. Uh, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. So the new man is renewed in knowledge. Are you saying that? So how you sustain the new man is by knowledge. How you sustain the new man is by knowledge. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore, so put on Christ. Put on therefore, so it means this is the description of the person of Christ. Not so. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. You see, that's meekness there again. Meekness. That was Ephesians chapter 4. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. So, meekness, long suffering, verse 13 of uh, chapter 3 of Colossians, forbearing one another and forgiving. Forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel, a quarrel against any, 
Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Praise God. So, and now, these natures of Christ uh, is not just, I can mention it today and you know you can't do it yet. Because for these natures to become your nature, they mo- for something to be a nature, it means it must be practiced, exercised. And not only practiced, you must be convinced. Because you, you, it's not just by doing it once. So you are not, if you are meek today and you are not meek tomorrow, yeah, yeah, that's not, you are not yet the Christ, the Christ, that nature of the Christ. Do you get me? So, is when you become, you put on that nature of the crisis, when you are by nature meek. Amen? By default, meek. Praise God. When you are by default meek, praise the name of the Lord. So, it means then that uh, the to become Christ in nature, actually you need a lot of convincing. So as Paul will say, I die daily. That I die daily is that I am convinced daily to keep putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Praise God. Now bear in mind that this man that we are putting on, Christ, is actually the riches of God. But to the flesh, it does not sound like riches. How is meekness riches? Long-suffering, forbearance, forgiveness. How is it rich? But in the spirit, is riches. God does not see things. God does not sight like we sight. God does not sight like we sight. In fact, it's until you begin to obey the Christ man, that is when you now begin to understand the value in the Christ. Christ, the one thing I found out with the Christ life is that Christ will help you live long. Meaning Christ will teach you wisdom on how to be at peace with all men. Are you seeing those natures? If, if you are meek, the likelihood of you having issues with men is reduced. If you are quick to forgive, the likelihood of you annoying somebody to the cause that he causes trouble in your life is minimized. So there is a, there's, there's a secret wisdom, there is a secret intellect. Praise God. Inside the putting on of Christ, that flesh does not comprehend yet. So let's, by God's mercy, let's dive into it. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy 
according of the vocation wherewith you are called. Now, why? What is a walk worthy? Means do what you've been hearing, the vocation of which you've been baptized into. Try and begin to do it. Because when you begin to walk worthy of the Lord, do the things that you are being told, you are, they, they are ministering to you, they are unveiling to you, you will now begin to ask how you turn to the nature. You, you, you get nature by doing. But it begins by hearing. But you fi- formalize nature. You get nature, you formalize nature by what? By doing. Now, Let's take them little by little. When it says that with all lowliness and meekness, what does it mean to be all lowliness? I think that's the that's the first question that <laughs> I was in your in your mind. What's the balance? What's the completion of it? What does it mean all lowliness? All lowliness. That's a very powerful statement. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Wow. Can somebody help us? Somebody with a thought. <laughs> with all Lowliness. So this is part of the walk. Remember verse 1, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore the I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness. So the part of the doing is in lowliness and meekness. With long suffering. There's a stretch in Christ. Latina, you have a thought? You have a question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just um, listening. Okay, let me, maybe I can try and, and answer your question. Um, you said what does it mean to, like, with all lowliness? All right? lowliness. Yes. Well, I think, I may not be right, but I think that most of our issues when it comes to being lowly, or most of the, um, like say quarrels or altercations we have with people stem from the fact that we esteem ourselves to a certain level. Mm-hmm. It's like you are relating to somebody and you feel like I deserve better than this. I yes. deserve better than how this person is treating me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, and I don't know, but I feel like that's kind of the opposite of what the scripture is saying. Mm-hmm. With lowliness, it doesn't mean that you don't have respect for yourself or regard for yourself, but it just simply means that you don't you don't put yourself like you don't have that attitude of you can't treat me like this because I'm better than this or mm-hmm. because you know I'm higher than this level or you know how we Nigerians we think now that's you know yeah, the yeah. way we are, yeah. So I think lowliness just means it's like nothing, nothing is above, you, like not, you, there's nothing that you can't take for the sake of Christ. That's mm-hmm. the way I kind of understand it. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm going the extreme. <laughs> uh, you're, you're going, you're going yeah. in the right direction. <laughs> Anybody else? I, I, I want to bear out practical examples. 
I'll use my own life. When anybody else wants to. Praise God. Now, when meekness and lowliness with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, that is actually the end of the cause of Christ. It's not easy. So when you see the way the way it looks to you, how it seems like it's impossible is how high it is. That's exactly that's how high Christ is. That's the end of Christ. Before you get to meekness and lowliness, you first begin with temperance. I think it's a lower dimension. Temperance means that before you just get angry, just say whatever you want, react anyhow. But temperance means you start reducing your reactions. Uh-huh. You start reducing your reactions. You can't become meek and lowly overnight. That's what I'm saying. It is the target. And you can't fake it either. But you can attempt it. So before you get to meekness and lowliness, and with all long suffering, you will first start with small suffering. <laughs> Amen. And be temperate. Be temperate, meaning reduce the temper. First. Aha, uh-huh. because we can't jump school. When you have the grace, this thing comes with graces. When you have the grace for all loneliness, you will know. And I'll give you one, one the first example I'll give you is, is many years ago. So it's more, I don't think I was meek and low. I don't think I have the grace for it then. I would say more like it was me being temperate. Then I was in the youth, part of the youth group, you know, events, coordinator manager, and stuff like that. Oh boy, they used to give me all the work. I felt like maybe the guy did not like me. (laughs) He had just every two difficult things, right? And I don't know, somehow I would get frustrated. I was like, what? Why? But somewhere in my spirit, it was just Holy Ghost helping me. Just making me to stay and just suffer it and do it. So I was suffering it. I was just suffering it and doing all this many work for the group. And obviously many work without glory. Because after all the work has been done, I will not talk. I will not be... (laughs) Nobody will know that I will do anything. I will set up anything. You get me? Because people will take glory at the... The people who are giving me all the work. (laughs) <laughs> so then God was just dealing with that thing, ambition. God was just dealing with some things. And but I was just I decided because the Holy Ghost was one who was bringing that that those thoughts, I decided to be temperate with it and just endure it and it went on for like 2 or 3 years. Difficult fellow to deal with. Difficult brother. But oh, just just grace. So I was just enduring. But what I now found out is that through those three years, I learned out my soul expand expansion in terms of knowledge, or not just knowledge of scripture, as in what to do. You get me? How to how to be hands on? For example, when we are looking for maybe we're doing believers convention, we're looking for a hall. 
you know, those, the how to do it. Some of you, if I give you the assignment, you won't know what to do, where to start. But those three years was like training for me of logistics, how to plan things. So in the years after, I now found out that those three years of training, though I was given a lot of work and it was not fair, they actually forced my soul to expand shit. Now there's one thing about soul, is that soul can expand. You, your soul can be larger than it is right now. In terms of capacity. Your heart. You know when they say somebody has a large heart. Imagine the heart of the father. So, and the only way to stretch a soul. Do you get me? Is to experience it. Give it experience. So when they say long suffering. Long suffering actually means experience. Training. Practical training. To stretch one soul, to have it a, give it a larger capacity. Now, a man who has undergone, because he will take meekness, lowliness, to help long suffering, a man who has undergone the process of long suffering, that same soul, that soul, is, has, it has a, an expanded capacity, meaning also a larger heart. That same soul, if you check souls who have suffered a bit, just okay let me make it very very clear very very clear you know in this part of the world maybe people maybe somebody lose their job they're earning six figures they lose their job the next thing you hear they've committed suicide where we come from Africa (laughs) we are wondering what is wrong with the person do you know why soul has been stretched beyond that and it's suffering that causes that. Suffering makes your soul a bit tense, tensile, strength. It gives you a bit of strength. You have, you'll be street smart. You know how to survive on $1,000. You don't need six figures. Though if you have it, fine. You get me? It's soul. It's soul capacity. That comes as a result of experience. Living on less. Paul would say, I've learned how to abase and abound that's long suffering that's part of that abasement is suffering you also now know when how to abound when abounding comes are you getting me so really the secret is that these instruments that we are reading here are instruments for soul expansion that's what i'm saying Heart expansion. God wants to give you such a large heart. Then another thing, God wants to make you have stretch. Meaning, you will not just, if you know, if something doesn't happen today, you will not just be mad and want to kill yourself. You have ability to wait. Plan for longer. Endure. Are you seeing that? Be more resistant. Are you seeing that? Be more resilient. That's the word I'm looking for. Against the storms of life. You know some people, after when you've gone through many things, someone manners of experience in life, it does not matter the kind of storm that wants to come again. You are resilient. Your soul has tensile strength against that storm. 
So the only way to train a soul against a storm, praise the name of the Lord, is to actually train it with storms. But it's storms that are controlled and measured by God. Amen. So, this is a very hard message to teach, not so? So, on the face value, when you see some of these words, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, when you see some of these words, it didn't make you scared of Bible. Yes. It can make you a bit scared of Bible. But don't be. On the other side of it is the expansion of the soul. On the other side, on the other end of the stick is that your soul would be larger. Your soul will be able to wait longer. Your soul will be able to love greater. Have a larger heart. Your soul will be able to carry God longer. All is will. So, to your question, when they say with all lowliness and meekness, there is not quite a balance to it at the start at that stage but the balance is in the growing up to be able to be meek and lowly do you get me so you don't just become meek and lowly in one day all the christ development is to make you meek and lowly um, i have a question sir. go ahead so how do we because there are thoughts that come to one's mind, like you'll be taking advantage of, mm-hmm. um, you're enabling people. Because, yes. Because that's where I, I get, I'm always confused, like how do I draw the line? Because sometimes if you don't talk about certain things, you're just enabling the person and kind of promoting their bad behavior. Yes. When you can easily... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and so, because when the Bible says for P, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But, but I don't know times when it's important to confront. Yes. You need clarification. That. Now, let's look yeah. at the statement. It says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. It's, and most, the, when it says forbearing one another, it's not talking about unbelievers. Oh, okay. Right? With unbelievers, you use wisdom. Yeah. So he's talking about born-again Christians and even beyond that much more, your brethren, meaning your saints in light, your brethren who are also in light, who you expect more of. They are the ones that hurt the most. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. So those ones, you have to forbear them. But the, when you are dealing with unbelievers, you have to use wisdom. But together, we wisdom out of meekness. Not, not really a confrontational wisdom. Meaning a, a wisdom out of meekness can t- teach you how to apologize even to that fellow. But keep a little bit of a distance in the future. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 
Have I said a good statement? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. Does anyone have any... Let's touch this thing. Sorry, I know there are things. question. Okay, go ahead. A question. Yeah. Okay, so I, I understand um, when you say to your brethren or like fellow believers, mm-hmm. that's what this passage is applying to. But there are also some times that you have some brethren that sometimes the way they behave, you are not sure. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, their behavior can be so terrible that mm-hmm. it, it, <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody understands what they're I'm not saying. They're not sure if they're born again, right? It, it, you, you have the head knowledge that they are. Yes. They go to church. Uh-huh. You have the head knowledge that they are. But the behavior, like the character, it can be so, 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 so bad. And you're just, sometimes you are lost to where to categorize them and how to behave towards them. Yes. And okay, for example, for me, some like what you said, um, the example you gave, you may have to apologize to somebody, but maybe with wisdom, you keep your distance. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen to me where there are some believers that sometimes I feel like that's the only way to relate to them. Just, you know what, keep your distance. It, it, it's like, it sort of makes it easier to, for everybody to have their peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you get what I mean. Uh-huh. Yes. So I'm like, for people like that, yes, they are believers, they go to church, but it's just hard. I don't yes. know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, if you can address that one. Yes, to, to address this, I have to go quite deep well. Uh, okay, um, <clears throat> they are unbelievers, right? I, I hope I don't confuse somebody today. <laughs> they are unbelievers, they are believers, which are called saints. Then in Colossians chapter 1, they they are be sense in light, which if you study the New Testament, they call those ones brethren. Brethren means we are feeding on the same light. Meaning, if I am a Christ, I've learned Christ. You are learning Christ. We are now brethren. This is scriptural terminology. You get me? That you have to dig deep to on earth. So, born again Christian is a saint. Um, souls who have changed, who have travailed till Christ be formed in them. So they are now almost like brother, sister, twins. Because I have Christ, you have Christ. In terms of formation. Do you get me? So when it says, forbear one another in love, it's talking about those brethren, those saints, who are Christ. But I've not yet finished their Christ cause and can still offend. They actually hurt the most. But it also means forbear the saints, the general assembly. Those who are born again, but their souls have not come into the culture of Christ. But how you now manage it is this. The one who you have to, you, that is the clear, explicit definition of forbearing love. Those are people that you cannot do without if you are going to journey in this company to eternal life. For example, Latena, Iano, Dami, Vicky, you get if all of us will journey to eternal life together, we will be feasting on the same food. 
right? Which is the knowledge of God and of him who he has sent Jesus Christ. This is life eternal. So it means that as we are feasting on the same food, we can't do without one another. But while we are feasting on the same food, we are not yet there yet. So we will offend, we will rub shoulders with one another. Now they want us to forbear that one because you can't you Lieutenant, you can never do without the Yanu. Both in this both in this world and in the world to come, if you are facing on the same thing, I'm going to end up in eternal life together. So the only thing they can tell you is forbear one another. Because what you are now trying to tell God is that God, key one, let me enter kingdom. I cannot I cannot share the same kingdom with the Yanu. <laughs> So they would rather let both of you stay outside until people will learn how to live with one another so that both of you can enter the kingdom. Are you now seeing the thoughts of God? But generally, as a Christ, God wants us to have the attribute of forbearance. Not quick to fight back, shoot back. Even at the dimension of the people who are babies in Christ. That's a better word. Saints in Christ are babies in Christ. Just born, born again, milk of the word. Do you get me? It's like when your baby, when your children misbehave, you spank them, whatever, but you can't, you have to still forbear them, last, last. And then unbelievers too, with wisdom. So all these things, when Jesus, this scripture that comes to my heart, when the Bible will say, be therefore wise as serpents, yet what? Innocent as doves. And now people can use people use that in any hand. People say, "Be careful, wise as serpents." They not be doing serpentine work. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not balanced. They say, "Be therefore wise as serpents." Your wisdom is so that to keep a pure heart. Do you get me? Your wisdom is so that you can be innocent as a dove. So, for example, if I see an unbeliever who is hurting me. And I see that he has not, he cannot change because he's an unbeliever. Or even if I see a believer who is a baby, who is hurting me deliberately, well, I see that he's not under the light that will change him. Are you saying that? What I should do is that I should forgive him, but I should give him a little gap because he has not changed. <laughs> you get that's, that's, You see that? Yeah. That's the wisdom. I should forgive him, but I should give him a little distance so that healing can happen. And we praying for him from afar so that he can be healed. Mm-hmm. Are you not saying I so now you have to go into the details, the hierarchy, the stratas to be able to judge it fully. But are you seeing the fullness of the judgment? Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Vicky, I know you had your hand up. Yeah, my question was in line with that, like, dealing with, like, born again, but I think you already answered, there's people that are born again, but, you know, they're still on your matter. They're still on your matter, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So, such, such people, you deal with them, because if you know that they are not changing, they are, they are not even under what can change them, only this can change a man. Only the word of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, can change the heart of a man. It is in First Corinthians chapter three. Do we begin to commend ourselves again? 
God has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. He now called it the ministration of righteousness, the ministration of the Spirit. Now, the Lord is that Spirit. Wherever the Lord is, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He says, We, as in a glass, beholding as in the, the glory of the Lord, are being changed from glory to glory. So, the New Testament is for change. Are you hearing me? The New Testament is for what? Is for change. So if you are, someone is not engaging the New Testament, that person's soul cannot change. Though they are born again, thank God for that. But your soul cannot change. The personality of your soul, the character traits of your soul, so malice, unforgiveness, envy, all those things, you won't even know they are bad. You can even use your strength and say, I will not keep malice today. But when you wake up tomorrow, you will start again with new malice. Because you have not submitted to what can permanently dissolve the malice. So that's the judgment I use. Right? So when you are dealing with such souls that you know are stubborn, they are not submitted to what can change the soul, but they are born again. You have to always, as part of a Christ wisdom, forgive them. Part of the Christ wisdom, we won't take the meek road. You know, take the micro, okay. You know, let's leave it. I'm sorry, apologize, but have a little distance. As long as you know that that soul has not changed. Otherwise, it will happen again and again and again. Now, also think about the wisdom. You see, it's never a good thing to fight back because if you know that soul cannot change, why are you fighting back? <laughs> the only thing that can come out of that is to make the situation worse. Yeah. Yeah. And to actually be a setback for even myself. It could actually be a setback, yeah. Praise God. So, when you argue with there are some brethren, there are some saints, you know, Christians who you can never win an argument with them. So, even though they are wrong, by you making clear, clarity, the, all their wrongness, you, you, you are not helping, they will not argue the thing yeah, out. Yeah, you make this worse. You now make the matter worse. Yes. So, sometimes it's, it's good to make, make your points known that, oh, I don't think this is what, the way I meant it, or this is what I did. I think this is wrong, or this and that. Just make it. But anyways, I think we are fine. No, it's okay. I apologize. But then, generally... Just be wise around the person. Uh-huh. Because you guys will end up going to the same church, you know, whatever. You will still be seeing the person, but just be wise. It means, it means that, you know, by nature, we have guards. Uh-huh. So it means that you should be more, a little bit more guarded around such a soul. Praise God. Amen. Are we blessed? Aha. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. That's awesome. Praise God. So, you see that the mannerism of Christ is to build, build you up. Boys, the up is not up, it's actually meek, low, down. (laughs) 
is to build you down. Now let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The power of God. The power of God does not need your strength to add to it, really. The Holy Ghost, the glory of God, it does not need your strength to add to you to it, really. And there's one thing that God did. God tied the giving of His power to your weakness. <laughs> uh, so we're not good. So you see, we need faith to be a Christ. Because to be a Christ, you are losing yourself, becoming weak, and trusting that the stronger one called God will fill in the gap. And so you need a lot of faith because what's your fear? What if God does not fill in the gap? (laughs) Are you saying that? So everybody will not trample me on that foot and use me as rag mats. A stepping stone. And God will never come and fill in the gap. Are you seeing trust issues? But we are not the first person to pass through that. Jesus himself passed through that. He went low and agreed to even go to hell for our sake. And trusted that God will come and fill in the gap from heaven. What if God did not show up? <laughs> Why he was in hell? <laughs> he would have been raised. Are you seeing trust? So, there are two things that work hand in hand in the journey of Christ. is that you are becoming lower, meeker, and you are increasing in faith and faithfulness. You are increasing in faith and what? And faithfulness. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So, this journey of Christianity cannot be done without faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Cannot be done without faith. Cannot be accessed without faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it means that faith is the foundation for a faithful walk with God. Because as you are doing the journey with God, you you almost tangibly feel yourself becoming weaker. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. To God, that is a good thing. Not so, that I he may increase. And what will happen to me? I will decrease. It's good for us to decrease. There's enough of us. <laughs> I think this world has, had, has enough of James. Let James go. What this world needs is Jesus, not James. Are you saying that? So, and this world cannot have Jesus without you giving your body, submitting your body a living 
sacrifice. Are <laughs> you saying that? So Jesus needs your body, not you, per se, not your person, not your stubbornness, not your nature. He just needs your vessel. So you may shooting decrease, you may decrease, and he increase. So the way they culture the New Testament is for your decrease. Yes. That's why no many people like my message now. We don't feel stadium. <laughs> when you come to me, I'll decrease you. <laughs> you know, we don't like increase. But I'll decrease you. <laughs> Praise God. I'll decrease you. But your, the wisdom is that your decrease is, is, is increase. As you decrease, he increases. Jesus, Jesus exemplified the whole life of the process to God and God taking over with increase. Let's see 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. Are we ready? Who is going to Latina? Yes, please. Um, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Hmm. He who says he you know he did not walk after resurrection. He walked just maybe just visited a few people. The main walk was before the cross. Meaning the end of his walk was what? At the cross. He who, who he that said he abided in him. This is a terrible statement. In a good way. Awesome statement. Amen. He that said he abided. If you say this is not that you believe in him like you are born again. After you are born again you are staying on him. You are resting for doctrine. That's our second journey. We put it that if so ever transgresses and abideth not on the doctrine of Christ. You are if you say, if you claim that you are abiding on his doctrine, you are abiding on his doctrine, you ought to walk. You say walk worthy. That's that Ephesians chapter 4 we read. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. If you say, if he that abideth in him ought himself also to walk. To walk. Even as who walked as Jesus walked. So Jesus is the template. Now, how did Jesus walk? All of Jesus' life, Jesus was exhibiting Christ. It was almost like he was decreasing. He had to forbear even the 12 disciples around him, all of the people who were following him. He was forbearing one them in love. They were not, it wasn't one another, it was just him to them. <laughs> It was only the one to be forbearing. It was a, it was a one way forbearance. But with all long suffering, imagine coming to your own people and they reject you. You are their God, oh. You meet them. All things were made by him. 
and for him were they made. The people that you they were made for you, they're misbehaving. They wanted to kill you, they hated you. <coughs> you know how painful that would be. And at the, he so he so he so followed the process that at the end of the day he he gave himself to the same people. The same bastards that hated him to his core. He offered himself to them to kill, for them to kill him. You know they didn't they couldn't they didn't take him. Go and read John 18. Let's go and read what happened. He is the one who gave himself. Amen. Let's go to John 18. Um, I believe we can start from, let me just check the verse, Lieutenant, and you can read. Um, John 18. Um, let's start from verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that will come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Judas said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said, now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he said again to them, Who are you, who are, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus, son of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the same might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheep. Mm-hmm. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? <laughs> so Peter was exhibiting what we like to exhibit. Is <laughs> it the cup? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just talking about <laughs> Peter has done. As Peter, I tell you, I've been there, done that. <laughs> no, that's not going to solve the problem. And first of all, what happened when they came to him? Verse 6. As soon as then, as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. ground. Jesus did not touch anybody. It's power. (laughs) That's that's why you you break open when you are meek and lowly. Powers. God's powers are activated over you. So, the same people that hated him, he now, instead of, as, as meek as he was, he even went lower. After they had fallen, he could have, you know, he could have escaped. Very easily, he could have walked away from that scenario. But because he knew he ought to please God, he went lower even. He allowed them to stand up. <laughs> dust your, dust your, your garment. <laughs> oh yeah, come and take me. It's me you're looking for, come and take me. So Jesus was constantly stripping himself of himself. 
and constantly that's his work that was his work stripping himself of his work of himself and as he was stripping himself of himself what was also going on god was laying upon him powers powers wisdom now i want to try and i'm trying to make it as practical because somewhere maybe i'll journey a little bit further than many of us i tell you that one one thing i noticed with, with god in following the christ work diligently is that he will bless you with judgment wisdom yes you know some of the scenarios i gave earlier about being you know giving work uh, on on the one thing after a while i started doing wisdom how to balance everything multi-tax combine efforts That's one thing. One thing is that wisdom and judgment comes to them who need it. God does not give stuff to anybody that does not need it. If you are strong in that area, he won't give you anything. It's only someone who, who is lacking that God will give. To make, it's a, it gives a grace to the humble. God fills in your gap. If there is no gap, it's not just to give it. That is the so there is a wisdom. That's why they call Christ what the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ. So it is wisdom to be low and to be meek. Why? Because it will force God to fill the gap. <laughs> it is wisdom to allow the process of long suffering forbearance. Why? Because it will cause God to interject in the, in the situation. And everything that is almost like he set a trap for the Lord to come. So by your being meek and low, God cannot resist you. <laughs> he will have to come. And when that is all we wanted all this while, for him to come. Because when he comments, one we, when he comments, he blesses. And every blessing of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow. The rich is beyond physical rich. He make it rich. He meaning he give it wisdom. Treasures of wisdom. He make it rich. Meaning he give you understanding. Treasures of understanding. He make it rich. God always leaves behind a gift that is without repentance. <coughs> so you want that kind of fellow to come. So you want to do everything to attract him. Because if you attract the other fellow... <laughs> that one can make rich but add many sorrows and after he also make you proud so are you seeing wisdom woven into the scripture so next time when you see the word long suffering don't be afraid again Somebody, amen. Praise God. Don't be afraid again. There's blessing on the other side of it. There's, there's something tapped with it called grace. That the only way to tap that grace is when you give yourself to the process. You know, there's grace and there's grace. 
Ah, no, no, let me not go there. That'll, that'll taste another one hour to, on, to, to teach. Mm-mm. When they are, there's the grace of God. There are graces of God that are tied to your help. Meaning tied to you being in need. If you are not in need, it won't come to you. You will not receive it. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, let's open there. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Hebrews chapter 4. Any questions? Any questions? I say, be ready, please. Shoot me questions. Thoughts? Mr. Dami, Sister Tolu. So, so um, I really like the way you explain it because the enemy always makes us see the downside. Oh, exactly. Oh, you cheated. You'll be taken advantage of. But if we yeah. can remember that this is the way to have God in our life, mm-hmm. it makes it easier. It, to it makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that's the enemy's perfect guy at that. He always makes you see what you are losing. <coughs> so what is the, what's the, what's the thing you need in there? You need faith to know that I need this gap for God to come. Essentially, I need to lose control for God to be in control. Yes. Amen. It doesn't mean that you'll be a full, full-blown mumu. You get me? Uh-huh. Let me add that one in there. The Bible says, "Be therefore wise as serpents and innocent as though that wise as serpent." You have understanding of understanding. You know what I just taught you about the sense unbelievers, sense in light. You will be able to understand what how to manage a soul. And the the, the pure definition is that if you see a soul. Who is under change, doctrine of Christ for change? Do you get me? You should never separate yourself from such a soul. Forbear them. As long as they can change. This is the instrument of change, doctrine. But if you see a sense who does not interest in doctrine, has stuck in their way, the wisdom is to forgive them. But manage them with wisdom. Sometimes it means manage them from afar. Why? Because they don't have the instrument of change. That's the difference. Yeah. And if you don't have the instrument of change, it means five years from now, what would you, what, what would you do again? The exact same thing that caused the problem five years ago. Because you have not changed. But if you have the instrument of change, it means you have potential. That by the time we got me, you get me in two, six months' time. If I yourself, you'll be knowing. Are you not hearing what the Pastor James are teaching your sins? <laughs> you know, the person who is another person who also the ah, there's something, you know, the thing with something with touching the heart, guilt with touching the heart, to correct the heart. Praise God. <coughs> So let's see Hebrews chapter 4 then. Verse 14 to 16 or 10. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Sorry. 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, 
Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hmm, this is powerful. I don't know if you, you can you can zero in with me here. See that first. Seeing then, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? That we have a, we have a, a great, great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast up. What is a profession? Iano, what is a profession? What a Christ. Huh? No, just generally speaking, what is a profession? Um, what you do. What you do. Your so, vocation. Your vocation. So, for example, if I'm an engineer, I'm I'm a I'm an engineering professional. Yeah. So Christianity is also a profession. Yeah. In fact, it's your main profession. Well, anything that's called profession means you're learning, your vocation, you're learning. You are always learning on the job. You are growing in it. That's why after a while, some people will not be satisfied being advisor anymore. They want to be a manager. Yeah. So if you are a baby for 20 years, <coughs> and you are satisfied being a baby in Christ for 20 years, wahala deal. Something is wrong. <laughs> if he is a profession, then we need to learn him. We need to experience him. Now, what I'm about to say, what happened in verse 14 is what led to verse 16. We've used verse 16 for a lot of money demands and houses and cars and all manners of demands. But that's not what it's for. Per se. You could also potentially use it. You get me? Word of God can be used. You can use it for they get me. But the original gap, the original need was not money. The need was that you were seeing Jesus. You saw a perfect man and you saw your gap. That was the need. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. When you see the Son of God, you know when it says, you whosoever claims that you abided in him ought to walk as Jesus walked. When you see his walk, when you see the perfection of that man, oh boy, you, you, you remember all your infirmities. You know you are far. Do you know that day in John 18, Garden of Gethsemane, Peter saw an infirmity. One man used stature to talk to people. They fell. You even told them to stand away and take me. The other man drew sword. I was ready to kill all the people. <laughs> Just by then, that is, in fact, maybe that's where they got seen then. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> oh my God. Peter, right there, the movie was playing before him. He was seeing a perfect man. Excuse me, is it Peter they came to arrest? The man who should be wielding this sword is Jesus. The one they came to fight. <laughs> but brother Peter is the one they turned out on his behalf. <laughs> See gap. 
That's what you see. When you when they open the when they open up the open up enlighten the eyes of your heart, you begin to see your gap. That's why sometimes when you open these scriptures with all work worthy of the Lord, with all with all lowliness, meekness, do you know what you are saying? Do you know what you are saying? You are saying your gap. <laughs> Amen. You are seeing your gap with all loneliness and meekness and long suffering. That is the Son of God. <laughs> that is the Son of God. Forbearing one another. Do you know how long Jesus has been forbearing, man? If it was me, I come Kaye. By now, I would have had 40 different universes of me killing man, starting again. Try again. They say it's not a problem. I'll kill them again. Start again. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm serious now. I'll say, me, I'll be like Peter. Imagine if Peter was God too. Hey! Jesus oh, Christ. Everywhere. First of all, you first kill all the Gentiles, then leave the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> and then try and walk on the Jews. If the Jews are not okay, you're not kill all of them. Too. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, how movies we depict God, the right hand of God, like sword. Peter, that one, Peter will be the real depiction. That one with right hand and sword. By the time you wake up in the morning and you're misbehaving, you don't see Peter's sword on your head. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have all willingness to obey. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. But gap. Gap. It's good to see gap. Not for you to turn away. For you see, it's for you to, it's good to see gap so that you can know you have need. You need help. You need so much help. We need help. To bridge. That's why they call Jesus the repairer of the bridge. There's a bridge between us and God. There's a gap. And he came to repair the bridge. I hope I'm being understood. Yes, sir. Thank you. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, this Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest that which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Those infirmities are what you found out when you saw him. <laughs> they know. He knows. So he knows that immediately you see something so perfect, you will now all your, you will now see wow, see the gap. Do you know why you were in milk? Think about it. Why you were in milk before your eyes of your understanding will have been enlightened? Hopefully, all of us have our eyes of understanding enlightened to an extent. Do you know why you were in milk? You were feeling cool about yourself. You thought you were one of the, the best of brethren. I was a perfect. You see, you see your service. Here yeah, you are holy in your own eye. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> deep says, we used to win our award. We used to win our 
bad. Hey, that meant Pastor James. I got a misunderstanding. I know you're, you're very bad. <laughs> I know you don't do anything about Christianity. I don't study Christianity at all. <laughs> yes. And sometimes they have to, because the eyes of your understanding have not been enlightened, so sometimes they have to keep you that way so that you will not, you know, you know some people can go into condemnation if they see the true nature of their souls. Amen. So God wants to build you up a little bit. They open your eyes. When they open your eyes, say, eh, Ami? Is this me? And how do they open your eyes? They just make you see Jesus. That's all. They just make you see Jesus. They'll give you that standard to see. By knowledge. Let's see Ephesians chapter 1. That's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me read from verse 15 to 17, Motena. Thank you. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding. So are you saying, so he will give you the the spirit of knowledge and revelation in what? So who is that him? Jesus, the son of God. Do you see that? So it means that when they start giving you knowledge of him, what are you seeing? You are seeing him. And And by seeing him, you are also seeing yourself. Because you are not like him. So you are beginning to see gap. And that's what enlightens the heart. I need help. You are seeing somebody that you have not seen before. You are x-raying him. Not just as the name of Jesus. Sweeter than every name. (laughs) Not just as that. (laughs) You are seeing him beyond just the outward, what the name can do. You are seeing x-raying the content of the person. And you are seeing a different content in yourself. That's where the problem is. So immediately, with all lowliness and meekness, what are you seeing in yourself? Oh boy, I'm not meek. Neither am I low. (laughs) That's what we are seeing. Forbearing one another. So... Why is forbearing one another in love even the last statement? All this training is that we love one another till death. All the Christ training. Why? Do you know why? If we are if you are my brother, my sister, being Christ formed in Christ, like I am formed in Christ. You get me soul formation in Christ, as I'm formed in Christ. Hmm? If I love Christ, I should love you. Because who are you? Christ. You are becoming a Christ. Just that you are not yet full of the Christ. So that's why you are still depicting this, some other bullets. (laughs) That I call it. That are making me not want to forbear you. But we are a family heading to the same place. Eternal life. 
So we should love one another fervently, hotly. Love ourselves to a fault. As long as, and when that ourselves, as long as the, you, you are hearing doctrine, you can change. Praise God. What did I say? As long as you are hearing doctrine, you can change. If you are not hearing doctrine, you cannot change. So I can still forbear that soul, but I will forbear from a little distance. Because, amen. I don't know if I've spoken the thing well. Any questions, any thoughts, just please shoot me something. Just let me know if I'm talking well. I think it's very timely, especially for me, because um, well, some things happened recently that have been like, you know, practical to these words. Mm-hmm. And I know like one of the scriptures that came to me was, was um, what you said about being wise as serpents and harmless as dove. Mm-hmm. So I like, like that you actually explained what that would, you know, demand. What it will look like in practicality. Can you help me give a recap of what I said? I want to make sure everybody got You know some of these things, when you are teaching judgments, people can misread you, misunderstand you. Uh, just, okay, well, from what you've said so far, I've just gathered that um, there are different types of souls and you can't handle every soul the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, all living souls and those ones are not likely to change soon so there's no point of trying to make a point or trying to fight back because you're only going to make things worse mm-hmm. so the best is to try to make peace you know mm-hmm. to have a cordial and civil relationship mm-hmm. however you know keep a reasonable distance from them so that it doesn't you know hurt and then or, alternatively are... rather than distance because people can interpret distance to mean many things god <laughs> right. Guard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Be careful yeah. around there. Go ahead. Yeah. Basically, where I start from that is like not exposing all of your. I don't know. Being extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. with such kind of souls, mm-hmm. and then they are believing souls that are not learning. They're not learning Christ. They're not changing. They're not becoming Christly. Mm-hmm. So you know, because of the that gap in them, so they can also be potential bullet. Fires. Uh-huh. So um, you also forgive them and um, also try to keep some guard up as well, just because they are not learning Christ as you are. Mm-hmm. So there but why is that? Different. Why is that specifically? What does the learning of Christ do? What does Christ do? M- makes us low. It makes us. It change. Change. Mm-hmm. Change is the keyword. Change. It has ability to change. So that you can stop doing the evil you have been doing. If you keep offending, I have to keep forgiving you, forgiving you, forgiving you. You get me? <laughs> and you are not on that doctrine that can change that behavior of forgive of offense, keeping offending. Then I have to let my guard up when I'm around you. That's being wise as serpents. Uh-huh. So the Bible talks about this. Can I can I explain it for? Let me use Bible Bible to show it more. That the Bible talks about saints. They are the saints. Every born again Christian is a saint. Every single born again Christian 
You believe in Jesus, you are a saint, as Bible calls you. Amen? But when he was talking about them who are in light, who are under doctrine of Christ, whose souls are being saved, they now call them saints in light. Praise the name of the Lord. He calls them what? Saints in light. Let's see the witness for that. Let's see the witness. My daughter, Dami. Yeah, you to shoot me a bullet. <laughs> Praise God. Let's see, Colossians. I just saw it. Uh, welcome, Ope. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Colossians. Colossians is before Galatians, right? Am I right? Yes. Hmm? After, oh, no? after Galatians? After Philippians. After Philippians. Okay, after thank you. Philippians. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's see that witness. Oh, glory to God. I think it's chapter 1. Verse 12. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Lotena, if you're there, help us. Colossians 1.12 Give to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Hmm. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, mm-hmm. in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. This is wonderful. This is deep. Another deep message. But I'll just take a few of it, just a little bit piece of it. He says, "I've made us meet. Meet means you're you are you're qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of what? Of the saints in light." In light. Light is revelation. Light is doctrine. Christ is light. Partakers of me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his years. So you know many people have interpreted this thing anyhow with milk understanding. And say, oh, that we are, he has given us the power of darkness and we are now the, in the kingdom of the sun. You are not quite yet in the kingdom. Because the Bible says, concerning them who enter the kingdom, to enter the kingdom, we must be born of water and the spirit. John chapter 3, verse 5. Now, let's get it very clear. The day you got born again, you were, you were delivered from darkness, but not from the power of darkness. Those are two different things. Let me give you an example. You can be delivered from me. That means you are no longer in my house. But all that I've taught you for the 15 years you've been in my house, you are using it to live your life. You are no longer physically in my house. But when you now travel abroad, wherever you go, it's me you are living. It's me you are doing out there. But you are not, you are not bound by me anymore. 
So at new birth, they took you away from Satan's house. They bound the strong man that hooked both your spirit, your soul, and your body to darkness. They broke darkness. Darkness is Satan. He's the dark one. You came out of darkness. But we still live by the power of darkness. Malice is the power of darkness. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Are you seeing bitterness? The call of bitterness. Where did that come from? It didn't come from heaven. It didn't come from light. It's darkness. So if you live by those things, you are still living by the power of darkness. Even though you have been delivered from the house of darkness. From the kingdom of darkness. Are you seeing Bible is so perfect. Bible did not say who has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. You are already delivered from the kingdom of darkness by being born again. But right now you are in, in the middle road. <laughs> it's like let's say sorry. I wanted to I wanted to use everything on Carl Griffin. I say I'm talking to Carl Griffin if I call Carl Griffin of Darkness. <laughs> that is a very serious shade. <laughs> that is a very serious shade. So rather, okay, let's say Fort McMurray. Kingdom of Darkness. Do you get me? Now, I've delivered you from Fort McMurray. So now, you have driven out. I bought you a car, a jet out of there. But you are in the air. You are in control. You and you, you, are, you still want to be in control of the jet. So you now tell God, I don't want to come to Edmonton here too. Let me fly out to Laclabish. It's one of those small <laughs> <laughs> Or some people say, let me fly to New York. Don't worry, when I'm ready, I'll come to Edmonton. <laughs> So, they've been delivered from darkness, from the house of bondage, from Satan, but they are still living by his thoughts. Because in Fort McMurray, they'll be teaching you ah, New York, California, Los Angeles, Vegas, all those places. That's what you learned in that house. So, when, when you come out of the house, you are still living by the instructions. Power means strength, and strength means knowledge. For a man of knowledge, excelleth in strength. So, you are still living by the knowledge of darkness. Even though you have been delivered from darkness. Amen? So when they say translate, it's like translate Chinese to English. They have to translate the knowledge of China, of Chinese. Translate it to a new knowledge. Meaning to a new language called God's language, which is Christ. So translation is not a one day thing. You, never, you, don't, learn, you don't learn Chinese in one day, do you? You have to go through the process of learning to be able to translate. So, they, it will now work. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's a process of translation where you begin to drop down the knowledge of darkness that you have been using to live your life and pick up the knowledge of Christ that you are now using to live your life. That's the process of translation into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. Amen. So, after a man gets born again, there is still gap. What is the gap? Soul, knowledge gap. Obedience gap. And so, so if you tell a newborn babe, I have a very practical example. I had a brother who just recently born again at that time. Reading, listening to, used to listen to Austin, read some scriptures, you know, counting. So one day we're in a meeting, I told me that, uh, James, I read First Corinthians chapter 13 today. I said, wow. 
you know, charity. That's the charity chapter. I said, wow, that's very deep, oh, that you can go and read that kind of this thing. I was like, what? Wow. So I now asked him, what did you learn from First Corinthians chapter 13? Charity suffering long, not so. Charity bearing thoughts. I said, what is, what's the learning? You know what he told me? <laughs> he said, what he learned was that charity is too hard. <laughs> that was the revelation. That was the breakthrough he got. Charity is too difficult. <laughs> and actually, he's very honest and very sincere because as a baby, it will be too difficult for you. It's too far. You need more light. More light to help you come closer to the place where you can do charity, where you can be meek, you can be submitted under God. And spiritual authority. Praise God. Hello. With long suffering, forbearing one another. Are you now saying what? Who are you forbearing? Sense in light. Forbearing one another in love. Sense in light. If you see, you now understand that concept. Sense in light. Amen. But if you can forbear a sent in light, do you know what? You can also forbear an unbeliever too. This is deep. Do you know why? Sent in light, you don't expect it from them. So it pains more. <laughs> unbeliever, you already have the wisdom for them. I'll just give you a little gap. I'll just be guarded around you. Already, you're already guarded around most unbelievers. If you're not, <laughs> this is the instruction for you. <laughs> you can hang out with them. You can be normal with anybody. But don't let your guard down in an unsafe place among souls who are vipers. Right? And the fact that you're born again does not mean you don't have vipers in your soul. You are born again in your spirit, but your soul still has malice. Your soul still has uh, unforgiveness. Your soul still has envy. Your soul still has vipers. So, what you should, the way I, the wisdom, be it for wise as happened, that wisdom is just knowing where a soul is. How would I handle this? So, first of all, I have to make peace with all men. Unbelieving sentences with all of them. I have to make peace with all men. But it doesn't mean that I have to stay consistently being beaten down by this person that I know will never change. <laughs> I, can, I can maintain a guard to pre prevent such an, a situation. So I will take a learning. What led to this matter? I just know someone recently who was sharing with me a, a little challenging situation. You know, a little challenging situation. The person was actually doing a favor. She works on Sundays, used her break to go, you know, sing and do it. She was doing a, doing a favor. Most people who work on, on, on the day, they say they are not available. <laughs> it's very simple. 
But the person was doing uh, the you know, doing the service, the church is uh, doing the, the person a favor and all of that. And then when one day she couldn't make it because the work was too busy that day, it now became a problem for her. Ah, why didn't you not tell people early? The other day it was always back to her, like why me? Why? And I was <laughs> that's the kind of soul, those kind of souls, those are the kind of souls that you make peace with. And you give a little gap because it's not the first time they've done it. Praise God. Why? Because such souls is not in under what will cause change. So don't expect anything more from such a soul. That is who they are. Until you see that they are ready, they are under doctrine. Aha. Uh-huh. So, but you can't, so many of these people, you can't avoid them. So, not that you will avoid them, but there's a guard, there's a protection that you have so that you avoid such a scenario again. So, it could mean next time, let the expectation be clear that they should not expect you that when you are walking, and you even though you have a break, if I come, it's because I can come. Not that they should be expecting you to be there and do what, you get me? The expectation should be clear. That's a guard. Uh-huh. I think we've visited this in many angles and we're seeing it. Praise God. So now, are we now seeing again? Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4 and round it up there. Hebrews chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Seeing then, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. So you are seeing something. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We are professionals. What is our profession? Learning Jesus, being like Jesus, becoming Jesus, like Jesus, walking as Jesus walked. As we read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Seeing then, we've seen something. It's not a full-time job. Not physically though. But it's a full-time mind job. In your soul, you should be always be wondering, what would Jesus do? How can I be more like Jesus? How can I talk? When I see Jesus say, I am meek and lowly in heart, I should speak to us, how can I get here? See gap. Amen? Look at this gap. How can I bridge this gap? So this is how. For verse 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly. Come boldly. Don't withdraw back. Do you know why they have to use the word come boldly? Let me tell you why. The day you see the gap. Sorry, let me use this word. How useless you are. In comparison to how perfect Jesus is. The first thought is to run away. I'm not worthy. Look at, wow. Look at this. Look at me. I can't do it. So God has to charge you. Come boldly. The reason I made you see that is because I'm, I'm giving this hope that you can change. 
So come boldly. Don't come reluctantly. Don't come with feebleness. Don't come with sluggishness. Come boldly. Come and take it. It's yours. It's there for the taking. The why I made you see him is because I want you to take him. You can take him. You can have him. You can become like him. So let us therefore come boldly. People have, my God, bastardized the scripture. My Shabbatai. Hey. Come boldly, <laughs> taking all manners of things, man, that the throne of grace don't give. <laughs> oh my God. People are coming boldly for their fleshly lust. Throne of grace, they tell you, excuse me, we don't give that, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? Why do you use the word definitions? Bible is so clear. Throne of grace. It means this is the, what you came there for is for grace. This is where they give. This is the source of grace because you've seen a gap, and the only thing that can bridge the gap is grace. So you see a gap, then you now have to go to the place where they give you help for the gap to close the gap. Unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. You first have to obtain mercy. And after you've obtained mercy, the evidence you've obtained mercy is that you find grace. And grace is only given to them who have need. So if you come boldly unto the throne of grace and there is no need, grace will look at you. It looks like you look like you are strong. I really wonder what am I saying? Paul experienced it. Not so. Paul experienced it. What do I mean by Paul experienced it? What did God say to Paul? For my grace is made perfect in your weakness. That's it. So the weaker you are, the more the more opening for grace. That's what I'm saying. So when you see, with all lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, the intention is weaved with wisdom to make you weak so that you can have need of grace. And so it's better for you to be filled with grace than to be filled with your strength. So the wisdom of God is that in your weakness, he is stronger. But really, you are stronger. Because whose vessel is he using for strength? Is your vessel. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. What is the help? What is the time of need? The time of need is not particularly money. The time of need is what you saw in verse 14, seeing Jesus. You saw gap. When you saw gap, you saw need. I need help. What I am seeing, I am not what I am seeing. The with fact is too far. By the time you really see Jesus well, <laughs> you think I will make you weak. <laughs> the gap is too far. How am I ever going to become like this? Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. How did you do it, sir? I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you can just allow people to just walk over you like that. I don't know how you did it. But he said, learn of me. So it's grace that will bridge the gap that will help you do it. So you will find grace and the grace will help you in time of need. It means grace gives capacity. Grace is the energy of God that gives capacity. 
And that capacity is in the form of understanding. It's in the form of understanding. I want to make it practical. I want to try and make it practical. God will help me. Uh, when I, my current job, when I first started, a lot of, yeah, a lot of strength. You know, you'll be learning, reading all the uh, work instructions. Every every visit I go, I do environmental work, uh, environmental sciences, environmental engineering. So every every visit, I, every site I go to, I want to spend two days just understanding the place first. <laughs> Before I will start <laughs> the inspection. But after like six months, one year, two years, when you are going to the same place every every so often, before you know it, when you come, you don't have to spend the first half day knowing the place. Because you've understood the place. Are you seeing? The thing has shortened. The label has shortened already. Or next time, when you are going for an inspection, now you have an in, I did an inspection six months ago, so I have a template. I don't have to start from the beginning in the report. I can use the same template I used six months ago and just change the new pictures, the new updates, the new notes. What happened? I already saved myself another two days of work. Are you seeing that? What that that's an, an idea of grace. Grace impacts understanding, ability, capacity. Understanding that will give you capacity to do things better, to be more efficient, more effective in your Christian work. More effective in life, taught entirely. Grace. How would I like in grace too again? So nothing across my mind. You know, every of us here we've written exams, and it, sometimes in an exam, maybe there are hundred questions. Question twenty-five just scatters your head. You know you read it, but nothing is coming blank. So you now decide because of time is going, you now move on from chapter tw- first uh, question twenty-five. And you now start doing the other questions. And many times, it happens to me a lot. I don't know about you. But by the time you are doing other questions, somewhere, maybe your mind is still thinking about the other one, but you're answering other questions. Then maybe at question 50, breakthrough, a word will just come. And when that word comes, capacity to answer question 25 has come. That's grace. So you see no signs of people. Right now you see people... They've already passed the question. They will not start scrolling back. <laughs> it's because grace has come. They've remembered what they studied and understanding has come to apply it to the question. Because the reason the gap was not particularly the knowledge. Oh, I read it. I know this thing. But the way they coin the question sometimes, you need beyond just knowledge. You need understanding. So what was going on is that your mind was working out, using the knowledge that you read somehow to work out the capacity. To answer the question. So grace is words that has turned to energy, capacity, understanding to do. To be effective doers of what God is saying. What God is. What Christ is. So that gap is something Jesus is doing. When Jesus says, learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart. He does it by nature. It's not stressful. If you ask Jesus, <laughs> interview Jesus, is it hard to be meek? Jesus says, it's my nature. By default, I am meek. By default, I am low. By default, I suffer long. By default, I forbear and I love, I love you. You wonder, how did you come here? It's called grace. There are understandings. There are knowledges and understandings that will bet capacities in you that will cause you to bridge the gap. 
so you need grace. So the hour of need is the hour where you know that there's a lot more learning for you, a lot more nature formation you need that you don't have yet, but I have need of it. So you go to God boldly so that you don't fall into condemnation, but you go to God boldly. I need help, my father. I need help, my father. Grant me understanding in these things. Teach me to be meek and low. Teach me the wisdom of it. How do I wear the nature of a meek and a lowly spirit that pleases you? How do I learn to forbear my brethren? How do I do it? Teach me how you do it. Help me. Give me the wisdom. Give me grace. And that's how God will begin to grant understanding to you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Our time is fast spent. Amen. Amen. I want to take questions, please. I want some further questions, thoughts, on what has been taught. Amen. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, um, I I have a question. Sorry, I've I've been I've been listening. Um, but I've always I've had a question that I've always wanted to ask. Um, the part that of the scripture that says that esteem, like in loneliness of mind, esteem others as better than yourselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, just practically for me, I just wanted to understand like what that mean, like mm. what what that means, like is it. I don't know. It's just not very easy to wrap my head around that. Like, like oh, I should say this person is. I should in my head think that you are better than me, so mm-hmm. that I like. Cause some, I don't want it to be like falling falling into the place where you're not like false humility and stuff. Yes. Like that, so. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, practically, for example, me as a preacher, I should see other preachers better than me. One thing that thing does is that it will help me to always be open to learn more. Are you seeing a wisdom in it? Maybe if, for example, if you're in the choir, when you see other choir leaders, you should esteem them, seeing them better than you. One thing that thing will do, it will help you to learn more, to be better in it. And And not to think you're the best. Not to think it will exactly. You are not even. You don't know everything. Yes, not to think that you are the best. You must run away from that place, and so the guard, the shield to keep yourself from not thinking you are the best, is to esteem somebody else better than you. Mm. <laughs> yes, is a you know using the shield. So if you think somebody else is better than you, sincerely, just esteem. You think someone is better than you. Why would you ever think you are the best? Because you've already, you've already done the definition. Before Satan will come and help you define yourself as the best. You've already done the definition that you are not the best. Okay, so are you now deliberately trying to say this person is better than me? Even if it is evident that... Well, it's true, because I remember thinking about it and the thought that came was, how do you know that you are better than the person? Exactly. Because being better, for example, in preaching, being better than somebody does not necessarily mean you have all the revelation. You know, this is a, as a person, it's a whole rounded thing. 
So you may be able to teach more revelation, but the person has more life. Yes. But doesn't know how to utter it as you can utter it. Mm-hmm. Or you may be able to sing better, but the person has more stature. Mm. The person has more longevity. Mm. <laughs> you guess me? In more faithfulness in that place than you do. <laughs> so just knowing that you may be looking at maybe you are, you have you just know that you have a blind spot. You may be looking at one angle only. Maybe the sound of voice. Yes. That's not yeah. a definition of better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Person, soul is the definition of better better. Christ soul. A lamish soul. A faithful soul is the definition of better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Praise God. That makes sense. That makes sense. Most times you're only looking at it from your own point of view or your exactly. own angle. You don't yeah. actually know what better is, so you can't say that you are better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a very good safety net to esteem others as better than you. Even though sometimes, maybe even, let's take it away from, you know, service, your own personal development in journey, in Christ, in God. Even though you feel, ah, I've understood even eternal life. Mm-mm. Still esteem others as better than you is a safety. Because the moment you think you are the best, growth has stunted. Because you are the best now. Uh-huh. And the others that you've been esteeming that you're better than them, they will catch up. And eventually leave you behind. Right. So it's a safety net. So always put that thing there. Esteem others better than you are. Okay. Praise God. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Welcome, my daughter. Um, any other questions, thoughts? Praise God. Amen. 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 Lotena, can you give us a little recap? Just some things you that blessed you. For those who some people joined a bit uh, up late, up, yeah, just a, little, a few things that has blessed you today. Okay, so for me, um, one of the things that stood out is that in this journey, we need a combination of lowliness and faith to walk the way Christ walks. So it's like when we read that scripture in First John chapter two, verse six, it says that. If we say we abide in him, then we must walk as Jesus moved. And just looking at just looking at how Jesus lived his life, I mean the long suffering, the forbearance. Today was the first time that it actually dawned on me that on this earth Jesus was constantly dying to himself. I mean sometimes we look at these things and we think it's just us, but the Bible says that he's you know, a great high priest that has walked where we have walked. So he was constantly dying to himself. He was constantly letting go of everything that he was so that he will be filled with God. Mm-hmm. And if we are also, if we say that we are in him, if we say that we are on this journey to Christ, then we must also do the same. Mm. And there was something else that you said that also really touched me. You said that God needs our body to be able to, you know, do his will on this earth. But he doesn't want us, like, when I say us, like our soul and, you know, all all the <laughs> badness mm-hmm. that comes with everything that we are. So we constantly need to die to 
ourselves to decrease so that mm-hmm. he will increase. Mm-hmm. So that yes, we our bodies are here, but when people interact with us, we are so diminished to the point that it's actually Jesus that they are interacting with. Mm-hmm. So that um yeah, that also touched me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes, know. yes. Praise God. That's awesome. That's an awesome, awesome recap and things that blessed you personally. We bless God. Uh Iyanu, I hope you know is your question from last week that inspired this journey. Yes. Uh, thank you for the question. I think the journey was worthwhile, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, thank you so much for yes. addressing it. And yes. I just want to add that the last question that was asked, which just really blessed me about, because I also used to struggle about that esteeming others. Mm. But the, the revelation that came today that we don't we don't know how to judge properly. We only see things from our own perspective, mm-hmm. and we think we're better, but we're really not. So mm-hmm. that was really good. Thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, bless God. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Let's just round up in prayers. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you for today again. Thank you for such a blessed time. Thank you for this journey we have taken. The journey of this Ephesians chapter 4, that with all meekness, all lowliness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. Father, as these words have been spoken, let it begin to enter, sink. Let it begin to soak into our lives. Begin to make the operations of this world are real to us in the mighty name of Jesus. I cover each and every one of us with the blood of Jesus. I pray into our week, O oh God, we shall prosper, we shall do well. Healing will follow us. Help will come to us. Help from heaven. Help from heaven. Help from heaven. We will hear good news this week. Only good news this week in the mighty name of Jesus. I stand in faith in the mighty name of Jesus. You will cover us all this week. Your protection shall be upon us all. Your safety shall be upon us all. Your healing wings shall be upon us all. Your provide your provision shall be upon us all. In every aspect of our lives. Oh, even in our spirit, soul, and body. Oh, even in our uh, careers, our studies. Anyone who is still struggling to finish up their studies. Right now, grace come in the mighty name of Jesus. Grace for finishing. Grace for finishing. Grace for finishing. Grace to do well. Grace to excel. In the mighty name of Jesus. Anyone who has are going through one thing or the other in studies, in their, in their career, Father, in the name of Jesus, you promote them. You will help them. You will give wisdom this week. In the mighty name of Jesus. For homes, for all of us, in the name of Jesus. Oh, cover us with your blood, with your mercies. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Shalom, everyone. I love you guys. Uh, we'll continue next week. God bless you by God's grace. Uh, have a wonderful week ahead. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine for you.